There's been a rumored connection between Creighton shooting guard Trey Alexander and North Carolina, despite Alexander not being in the transfer portal. He is, however, in the NBA draft, and while he's not in the portal, it's an interesting conversation to have because a player like Alexander could be a for Carolina from the perimeter. But I don't think Carolina needs any more backcourt players. Coach Pat Kilby's going to have to convince me on this one. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Wednesday, May 3rd, 2023. It's my mom's birthday. But you know what? She's in Ireland right now with my dad, so I'm jealous, and so I'm not actually wishing her happy birthday. I'm just saying that it is her birthday, and uh, she can... No, I'm just kidding. Happy birthday, Mom. I love you so much. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. We are your hosts tonight. My name is Isaac Shea. This is my guy, Coach pack kilby joining us as he does every single wednesday we want to thank you for making us your first listen or watch every single stinking day coming up on the show today we are going to talk about trey alexander we're going to talk some uh, about marcus page i really want to get pack's thoughts um, on what marcus can bring he's got some great insight and thoughts into that but as we continue in our looks at who could be a good fit for the Tar Heels, Trey Alexander is somebody that's been kind of cycling around a little bit that we've thought about, and we just haven't talked about him, and today's the day to do it. By the way, one of the ones we know it won't be now is Brady Dunlap, who committed to St. John's on Tuesday. So, Pac, before we get into Trey Alexander, I know uh, we've, we've talked some about Brady Dunlap, the Notre Dame decommit, who was interested? There was some mutual interest with Carolina, um, but ultimately, it's uh, another pickup for Rick Pitino. Do you do you think he would have been a, a good fit for Carolina? No, and you know we kind of mentioned it. I think it was last week. You know he was kind of one of those. Hey, if you come here, you're going to sit and you're going to have to wait it out. You know, wait your turn. And I think he's a great player. Um, he su- certainly will be able to help St. John's more in the moment. And so I think that's probably better for him. Yep. Of course, him coming to Chapel Hill, I think he was definitely going to have to wait his turn. Yeah, I agree with that. It's, I, it is probably a better move for him. It's all the way across the country, but um, for where he played, although, uh, you know, it's not where he's originally from, but played his basketball in the, or on the West Coast. But Pack. Today, we're talking all about Trey Alexander, originally from the Oklahoma City area. And so that's part of why it's great to have you, because folks, uh, for those of you that are newer to the show, you might or might not be aware that Coach Pat Kilby lives in the Oklahoma City area and maybe, just maybe, has seen Trey Alexander play a time or two. We'll talk about that. Let me give you some of his bio in case you don't know about Trey Alexander. He was originally a firm Auburn commit and a few things went awry there. And so he wound up at Creighton, a 6'4, 185 pound shooting guard, just finished his sophomore year there for the Blue Jays. So comes in with two years of eligibility wherever he goes. Last season, listen to these numbers, Pat Kilby 37 starts, played 32.1 minutes per game, 
13.6 points, 44.7 from the field, 41% from three on 4.4 attempts per game, 82.4% from the free throw line. I love loading up on dudes that can bury it from there, but also contributed in other ways. It's not just shooting. 4.2 rebounds, 2.6 assists, 1.1 steals, and half a block a game. And so, like, my, my man can do a little bit of everything. And here's some other stuff. He has five career games of 20 or more points, including 32 against DePaul last year on Christmas Day. It's a Christmas miracle, Pack a career high on Christmas Day. And on two separate occasions last year, my man Trey Alexander hit seven threes. So, Pack. As I've read about Trey Alexander, as I've watched him, as I've watched back a bunch of Creighton stuff, I am honestly salivating over what he could be for North Carolina. But again, I'm on record as saying that the Tar Heels have these six guards in the backcourt right now. And unless Coach Davis is going all in on three or four guard lineups, I don't believe the Tar Heels should get any more. I need you to convince me sell me on this thing on why we need to add to an already crowded backcourt. Well, here's the thing about Trey. Well, he, he, you know, he brings a couple things to the table for Carolina as it stands currently. I think he's a bigger guard. He's got a good frame. He's got good size. So if you were to look at this from a lineup standpoint, um, you know, plug and play at Carolina, we got RJ at the one Trey, who, if you watch some of the Creighton film, actually spent some time as their one. Uh, really, like when when uh, their point guard would rotate out, he would move to the one. So he's a, he's a good guard. That's a big boy at the one. Yeah, exactly. So um, Trey at the two, Formack at the three, Harrison Ingram at the four, and Armando at the five. So you're looking at that. That's relatively small, but you're still – 6'1", 6'5", 6'5", 6'8", 6'10". So there's still a decent amount of size there. And like you mentioned, he's not just a shooter. He can rebound. He can guard multiple positions. He um, is is good as far as facilitating for his teammates. He does a great job there. But here's what really, to me, is the selling point. He can shoot it. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit. A little bit. My man can fill it up from outside. You know, that really, to me, it's just, it's the, the spacing, the way the, the, that he would stretch a defense is just beneficial for Carolina. And then I look at it and go, okay, he's a team first guy. He can score, yes. He's an NBA caliber player. I, I, I think he'll be playing in the NBA one day. But he's about winning. And that fits so well, like with RJ and with Harrison Ingram and with Cormac Ryan and with Armando, like, all these guys are high caliber players, but they don't all have to go get a bucket. You know, they feed off each other. And they, I think that there would be some cohesiveness there based on what I know about Trey and how I've seen him play before. Yeah. And so much of the transfer portal and filling in spots and filling in holes is, yes, it's about fit, but it's also about how they'll gel when they get there. And to me, just knowing how he would space the floor and how he's unselfish I think that that would be a really cohesive unit for Carolina. And I think it'd be one that's, you know, really tough to guard. And I think they would be tough defensively just based on the fact that we'd have multiple guys that would 
successfully be able to guard multiple positions. Hmm. A really tough to guard is really tough to guard. <laughs> you just said that there and you didn't mean it that way, but that's how I heard it. And I'm the king of cheesy dad jokes. So Pack, I mean, obviously bringing him in, Trey Alexander, is going to have ramifications for other players on the depth chart. As you just said, you have seen him quite a bit, like when he was in high school, and you talked about the NBA. He is currently in the NBA draft. We need to unpack all of this stuff. I want to keep talking about it, but before we get to any of those topics, I need to tell you about today's sponsor, which is built bar guys you're looking for a delicious snack but you don't want all the sugar and calories then you need to try the best tasting protein bar ever built you gotta try it if you're like me you want to make healthier snack choices but you don't want to sacrifice taste this is the perfect thing for you built bars or built puffs which are healthy and they taste amazing what makes built bars so good well for starters they're covered in 100 real dark chocolate and they come in unbelievable flavors like peanut butter brownie, churro. Yeah, churro. And not sure how Built does it, but they make it taste good and do all this while maintaining amazing macros. Only 130 grams of, uh, excuse me, 130 calories, just four grams of sugar, and yet 17 grams of protein. Plus, now you don't have to wait for a box to come from Built.com. You can run right down to Walmart, get you a four-count box of cookies and cream, or you could go down to your local Sam's Club and get one of those sampler platters of like 13 of these things. I promise you, you're going to enjoy Built Bar, a proud sponsor of the Locked On Network. Okay, Pac, where I want to go next is uh, you talked about the times that you have seen Trey Alexander play. Now, again... He's from the Oklahoma City area. You're in the Oklahoma City area coaching at the high school level. So it all makes sense. Um, just tell us a little bit about in what contexts you've seen Trey Alexander play and what he showed you when he was a high schooler. Yeah, so I've seen him play several times. Trey went to Heritage Hall High School here in Oklahoma. Uh, his dad actually is a high school basketball coach here in Oklahoma as well. Just won the 4A state championship. So uh, he comes from a strong basketball pedigree. Love that. Uh, basketball IQ, you know, the game is just kind of in his blood, in their DNA. And so um, because of that, Trey's always been a gym rat. And so I've known Trey. I've heard about Trey for years. And I've had the fortune of watching him play. Great young man. Uh, matter of fact, he one of the times I've seen him play uh, was in the state tournament, which – in Oklahoma, the state tournament is the final eight teams. They go to a neutral site, and they have a um, three-day tournament. Uh, at the state tournament, he played my youngest brother, uh, who was a guard for Ada High School. They played Heritage Hall in the quarterfinals, the first round of the state tournament. Trey and Heritage Hall beat him by one point. So, oh. <laughs> game. Um, but uh, Trey, you know, he's a phenomenal young man. Like I said, basketball is in his DNA. He's a gym rat. He's always been just a great scorer. I mean, there were nights, you know, that we would all be talking, hey, did you see the Alexander kid drop 45 tonight or drop 50 tonight? And so he's got a knack for scoring the ball. Um, but to me, what goes underrated with him, and I've noticed this a lot, I know Creighton's a somewhat big name in basketball, but 
I feel like Trey kind of flies under the radar, but man, he's a really, really good defender. And mm. for his size, he's got quickness, he's got speed, he's got length, um, he alters shots well. He just he has an IQ. He's in the right spot at the right times, and so um, I think he's a really good player. And I've just just from what I've seen, and then how I've seen him grow in college. I have no doubt, like, I, and I, I feel comfortable saying this. If he came to Carolina, and this is going to be a bold statement, okay, he's the most pro-ready player we have instantly. And if you look at just basketball, okay, like not what Armando's done at UNC over the course of five years, but just basketball skill, he, I think he would be our best player. Wow. And I know that sounds crazy because I think the world of RJ – I obviously think Armando's a North Carolina basketball Hall of Famer, but I think Trey would be the best player on our team. I really do. And something that we often look for in college of what teams are going to be the best in a given year is teams who have guys that could have stayed in or could have gone to the NBA draft but decide to come back. And a lot of times we think about that, guys who are already on your roster but come back. In this case, it could be somebody that – you know, from another team that went into the NBA draft that ultimately came back. And I know people will say, you're probably even thinking folks watching and listening to this. Yeah. That was Pete Nance last year. And look how it turned out. I hear you. I get it. But right now, Trey Alexander is in the NBA draft. Um, He's not a first rounder anywhere that I've seen, at least Um, I've seen him as high as mid second round, not really any higher than that. Sam Vecini at the at the athletic is a great example has him 50 seconds so in the in the latter parts of the second round pack to me in the NIL era it you know there there was a time before the NIL era where second rounders uh for a period there were like they were going now mm-hmm. I think if you're a mid to late second rounder you come back so where I sit right now it feels to me like Trey Alexander will come back to play in college basketball next year. What is your gut feeling on that? Yeah, I, I tend to agree with that. And I think I think a couple things here, just to open it up and get a little wider with this conversation. But, you know, I think, like I said, because he's at Creighton, and I'm not knocking Creighton, I think Creighton's a great basketball school. He just hasn't had the exposure that he would if he was at maybe a Blue Blood. and Like, you know, I don't know, North Carolina? Exactly. And uh, they certainly at Creighton are not matching what North Carolina can in the NIL department. So if he can make a little money, get some more exposure, play in the NCAA tournament for the Tar Heels, then I think he does himself a lot of favors. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think you can knock our staff in a multitude of ways, I guess, but I, I think they're pretty good at skill development. I really do. and. I think that that would be something that would be beneficial for Trey. And um, I think that, you know, at a place like Carolina, and I'm not saying just Carolina, but definitely at a place like Carolina, he could improve his draft stock. And so I, I foresee that happening. And um, I, you know, I just, I think he'll be, I think he'll be back in college and I think he'll be making pretty good money while he's doing it and definitely improving his draft stock. Hmm. If only we knew a recent person that played for the Tar Heels that was from the Oklahoma City area that could kind of encourage him to come to Chapel Hill. That would be really helpful. Right, Pac? 
That's right. <laughs> we need to get on that. Uh, let's talk to your dad about his video game ventures. Um, so, Pac, sorry for the inside joke there, folks. Um, one of the things here is, dude, when I start when I start thinking about that starting lineup or that you laid out with RJ, Trey Alexander, Cormac Ryan filling up one, two, three, and Harrison Ingram at the four as a true point forward, able to distribute to those guys like that that gets me going from thinking about carolina's offensive pot- potential and potency capability with that kind of thing i mean we think about running the break harrison ingram's leading the way those three guys filter out to where they need to go into the corners and on the wing ingram can find one of them or mondo running straight to the rim dude that is a balling lineup right there mm-hmm. and that that gets me excited in a very big way. Like it, am I seeing that clearly? How, how would you utilize that lineup? No, I, I I agree, and I think it's definitely potent. And you know, we we I think we would have to make some adjustments just on the sheer fact that we would need more floor spacing. Yeah, and like a lot of times last year, just to put this in the simplest terms possible, we would involve you know, Nance in a ball screen and bring him high and away from the basket and Armando would be in the paint or vice versa. But now I think, not that I would totally do away with ball screens, but just we need to take that that four spot if it were Harrison and free him up to play on the perimeter and do some things with more off-ball movement mm-hmm. and more pin downs and more down yeah. screens and more, you know, just – basically creating movement and let these guys play with freedom. They're high IQ, they're skilled, they're facilitators, give them structured freedom and let them go to work. Hmm. And in that freedom, fit in proper spacing. And I think it would be very tough to guard. And I love that that would mean Jalen Withers coming off the bench. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I feel comfortable in his development and him blossoming at North Carolina. I think it's going to be really good for him. But uh, but we haven't seen it yet. And I, I just love the thought of him being able to, like, just battling for these positions. But I, I've said, and I want to come back around to my backcourt fears. Because if Trey Alexander comes, if Trey Alexander's in the starting lineup, along with RJ and Cormac Ryan, that means you're looking at DeMarco Dunn, Seth Trimble, Simeon Wilcher, and Paxson Wojcik all fighting for time off the bench. I'm just here to tell you, somebody out, out of that group, if this were to happen, ain't getting many minutes, and then you're looking at transfer issues again, right? Like, uh, uh, that's how this plays out. Yeah, I, I agree with you. You know, I think there's there's a positive to this. Um, if that's the lineup we were to employ, then that would mean we went to a three-guard system to an extent. So there's still a place for um, Trimble to back up RJ, Wilcher to back up Cormac, Dunn to back up Trey, you know, and then probably Paxson Wojcik gets left out of that, probably. But then again, you know, I don't know. Um, Somebody does, but at least – there's a spot for every one of those guys you just mentioned to play the backup role. 
Now that still goes back to that same conversation. Does Coach Davis play use football? it? <laughs> you know, a lot of questions there that have yet to be answered. So there's a lot of thought to be put into that. But theoretically, if we were in a three guard system, then all three of those guys would have a place to plug and play off the bench and have yeah. a role. So yeah. Well, hopefully that would happen if Trey Alexander comes or dudes are Gandhi. Um, and I, I'm already thinking ahead to the comments we're going to get. Like, if Carolina is bringing in one more guard, it should be Elliot Cadeau. I hear that argument as well. Like, if like my sole argument against bringing Elliot Cadeau in right now has not been readiness or anything else. It's been not another guard. And so I, I think that's just another... I don't think we need to spend time expounding on that because we've talked about that quite a bit already. But I just want to point out another that data point that if you bring in another guard, it is, in that case, over Elliot Cadeau. And maybe he's just happy and content to wait around till 24. And if so, great. As long as you feel good with what you're bringing in and the maturity that some of these older guys bring. But it's just something, again, to keep your eyes on. One quick point to that. Bring it. It's just a thought is why Trey over Cadeau or I know Cadeau, but you know, Trey has played in back-to-back sweet sixteens. So he's got experience playing at the highest level. And Trey's six five. Whereas Cadeau, you know, if we bring in Cadeau, now we're looking at six foot, six foot one, six foot five, six foot eight, and six ten. That makes us significantly smaller and significantly less able to guard multiple positions, you know? So that's just some thoughts there on the difference in the two. All right, fine. Pack whatever. You're getting it. Um, Well, here's the great thing. Whoever plays in the backcourt for North Carolina next year, they are going to be in much better shape because they have Carolina royalty there on staff. Now helping lead their way. Marcus Page is back on staff in Chapel Hill. I couldn't be happier. I know my man Pack is excited about it as well. And what's cool is Pack has some great thoughts on how Mr. Marcus Page could be an influence in a really positive way for this entire Tar Heels team. We're going to talk about that in just a second. All right, we're back here on Locked on Tar Heels today, joined by our guy, Coach Pat Kilby, as we are every Wednesday. Last week on the show, I talked about how excited I was to have Marcus Page on the staff. I talked about my five favorite Marcus Page moments of all time. In fact, I'm going to link you to that video right now. Go. Okay, great. And uh, so if you want to check that out, you can do it. But Pac, I want to make sure to get your thoughts on this because you as a basketball coach fully understand the role that somebody like this could have on not just backcourt players, but the entire team. Now, I know that role will be limited because it's not a true assistant coach's role, and so there's only so much um, influence he can have, particularly in game. But um, one of the things I want to ask you about first is obviously – Marcus um, had a little bit of time in the NBA, but has spent most of his playing career in Europe and elsewhere. What, how will that help him? Uh, what, what does that do to translate into how he's able to help these players? Yeah. So Europe is, first of all, it's fantastic basketball and <laughs> just playing over there. He's, they're very innovative about the game and 
they run a lot of ball screen concepts. They lot they they create and run a lot of innovative, newer offensive concepts in the European leagues. And so the fact that he's been able to be there and be a part of that tells me that he's going to bring some fresh concepts for North Carolina. Mm. Now, you know, how much of that they'll adapt and innovate to, you know, I really don't know, but at least he's bringing some of that freshness to the table. And the, the, the thing that really sticks out to me is he's fresh off of a playing career. So he's still young enough, you know, he's 30. So he's young enough to relate to these young men and he's young enough and just fresh enough out of it that he's going to bring a lot of modern player development concepts to the table and or while being able to relate to these guys because he's so close to their age. So I think that those things are going to be very beneficial. Hmm. What about um, like just developing the guards specifically? I, I know there are things he's going to be able to add for the wings and the front court guys. But but what is it that made Marcus Page so special as a player, both at North Carolina and beyond, um, that he will be able to do in working with these guards? Sure. That's a loaded question. So, you know, Marcus is an unbelievable Tar Heel, one of my all-time favorites. Like he's, to me personally, he's a top five favorite Tar Heel. And I think it's because he embodies so much of what I think Carolina is supposed to be about. You know, you look at Marcus and you go, okay, you know, you don't see anything just incredibly special. He's just kind of a, a lanky, you know, not overly big or overly tall kid, but he's a special player, right? And I think a lot of it's because he's sacrificial. He's tough, high IQ. He makes the right plays. He's about winning. He, he just does what – is needed, you know, and so to me, how that translates to what he's going to bring is he's going to bring Carolina basketball to the table. Hmm. And, you know, a lot of that, like the first thing I thought of when I saw that they hired him, okay, great. Teach these guards how to play with tempo. We've, hmm. been, that. We've been missing that. We have. I, I hope that he can fit some of that in there. And I hope that coach Davis is kind of adjusting to that some as well, because that's who we are. That's who we've always been. And to win at Carolina any other way would just not feel right. You know, so I pray, I, I'm hopeful that he's going to bring some of that tempo to the table. But also, you know, Marcus just – he had a high IQ. He could dissect the defense. He knew how to find teammates. He knew how to get to the rim and when to get to the rim and when to take shots versus when to set up possessions and – I think he can bring a lot of those things to the table. And one note about college basketball real quick before we move forward. Yeah. You know, he's not an on-court assistant. So when the games are, are being played, you're not going to see him sitting, you know, on those first five seats on the bench. But college basketball is largely based on player development and skill mm -hmm. development. Mm -hmm. And so Marcus is going to get a lot of individual time with these guys and skill development sessions with these guys. So just because he's not in an you know, on-court role during the game does not mean he's not going to play a huge part in what we do. And I think, you know, you can go back and ask 
a lot of last year's players or over the last few years, how big of an impact Jack Emanuel was. And they'll tell you he's huge. He's a huge impact. And I could see it all over their social media and the way their parents, players' parents talked about him, you know, and he's a huge impact. And so Marcus is going to have that opportunity. And I know that he will be a huge impact as well. Man, that's so exciting. I mean, it just, I'm so excited at the possibilities of what he can and will bring. And three of the greatest Carolina three-point shooters in history are now on the staff combined between Coach Davis, Coach Lebo, and Coach Page. That feels weird to say. Get used to that reality, folks. Our guy, Marcus Page, Tar Heel, is back. That is it for today's episode. Talking about Trey Alexander, we'd love to hear your thoughts on him as well as Marcus Page. If you would, go and leave us a review at Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Seriously, it helps so much spread the show. A lot of people have been dropping reviews in lately, and it's really, really meaningful to us. Thanks so much, especially you everydayers for checking in. Uh, Coming up the rest of this week, we've got some new names entering the portal as we get into the final days of May. I just want to check in on a few more of them and see if they might be fits for these two remaining scholarships. As a reminder, we've got a mailbag show coming up in a couple weeks. Would love for you to go ahead and start submitting questions. You can do that on Twitter at LockedOnHeels or straight to me at Isaac Shade. You can send the show an email, LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com. On our community tab on YouTube, I'm going to put something up there so you can start dropping them in as well. Don't forget to subscribe, smash that like button, leave comments. They are so helpful to us. As always, we want to remind you that it's a great day to be a Tar Heel. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. But until then, peace.